Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. This podcast is brought to you by Wilderness Athlete, high quality supplements for rugged individuals. Wilderness Athlete has been making the best supplements that will give you an edge in the wilderness, the gym, and life for the last 17 years. Head to wildernessathlete.com to see their products and use the code no excuses to save money and support you on your way to your best health. Also brought to you by Baku e-bikes. Baku is building top quality e-bikes, helping you get farther and enjoy the hunt. Find more at baku.com. That's B-A-K-C-O-U.com. You can use the code HerOutdoorJourney to save a few hundred dollars on your new electric bike. And without further ado, we are recording an episode of the Soul Summit Podcast. We are here. Where are we? We are in Reno, Nevada. Nevada? <laughs> Spirited place. <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> I mean, I've when never heard in it. Rome, Reno. Same I've same. never heard it called that. Nevada. <laughs> like, what was I, I'm like, my brain, what was I trying to just like intersect there together? I think you were trying to combine Reno and Nevada into <laughs> no, one <laughs> place. It is one place. Well, Reno, Nevada. I know that you're Heather with Heather's choice. <laughs> I, I can't do a whole lot there. Either. Like, I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the spot. <laughs> Heather Kelly, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Here we are. Cool to have you. I know. I'm glad to be back at Cheap Show. Like, it's nice to spend so much quality time with people that we haven't seen basically in two years. Yeah. And it's just really, it feels like home. Like that's how the whole hunting industry feels is you're like, Hey, everybody knows each other. Everybody's super cordial. And it's just, just comfy. It is. It's comfortable. And I think the, the theme so far that I'm noticing is people are like, oh, like, it just feels nice to like not be seeing people and interacting people with just the online presence or just like a little bit here and there, like we are diving right back into life as we know it, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you get that, but I get this all the time with Heather's Choice where posting to social media or even posting to my own account or sending emails and it's like, is anybody out there? <laughs> you know, sometimes it feels like you're just talking to yourself and if you don't get that like immediate feedback from people, it just feels like is this even working? Is anybody out there? So getting to come to these events and actually interact with mm -hmm. customers, it's like, oh, they do read the emails. They yeah. do follow us on social media. Like, yay, it's working. <laughs> well, I mean, which really leads me into like all the things I want to ask you, obviously, as a woman who has built this business from the ground up in a pretty competitive space, um, I have reeling questions for you all the time. In fact, I've been making notes before I even knew that we were going to sit down and talk about this, but you're somebody that I really look to and I'm like, she's a problem solver. She's a, she's a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur at heart. This guy, <laughs> this, this freaking guy. I mean, better there than on the Walgreens <laughs> floor, right? Oh. 
Remember the time we went to Walgreens and we thought we weren't going to make it out of there alive? I do. It was in Reno. <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> this is going to be such an enriching podcast. He's just a little hard to filter out. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? God, is that you? <laughs> and here we go. Was that Morgan Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but back to all of this, like you're somebody who I look to as um, just you're trailblazing, I feel like, you know, in a, in a really competitive world and so many questions I want to ask for myself personally, selfishly, and also for people who I know are very, you know, we live in an era and a time where people really want to build a business. They might not be building a business yet. They might not know what that is, but I think a lot of people have this like discomfort with showing up to their normal, whatever, if it's a nine to five or whatever it is. And they're like, could I be doing something bigger, better, you know, or different from what I'm doing now? So uh, lots of questions that I have for you, but I want to just give people a little backstory. You were one of my first guests on the podcast back when it was still called Her Inspired Journey. And I really just have a a lot of questions that go on a deeper level. I don't know which which angle these will go to based on your responses. But um, again, you were back on, I think it was episode one or two. But give people a little rundown on who you are and what your business is if they don't know already. Yeah. So my name is Heather and I'm from Anchorage, Alaska. I run a dehydrated food business called Heather's Choice. It was the summer of 2014 that I was essentially triple dog dared into starting this business. I had a background in sports nutrition, eating psychology, had done a lot of rafting trips and pack rafting and spent some quality time in the mountains. But anytime I was going to go do a big trip, I would have to go through this Herculean effort to dehydrate all my own food because I wanted it to be gluten-free, dairy-free, high quality, you know, made with just this quality stuff that I would actually eat at home. And so that all came together in this perfect storm that became Heather's Choice. It has now been seven and a half years that I've been running this business. And quite frankly, it's been kicking my ass the whole time. But that's something that I've just kind of come to grips with of like every phase of this business presents new challenges and it's epically hard. And I personally am gaining so much from that experience of building Heather's Choice that that's just been, it's been intrinsically motivating to keep going. Where I feel like recently that's just been such a theme that I've heard from people is they're they're not being challenged. They're not being pushed Mm -hmm. in their current nine to five. Like it's not stimulating. And so then all of a sudden they're kind of looking around for other opportunities. And I have to say that for me right now, I'm just so in it Mm -hmm. and so committed to seeing this thing through to fruition yeah it keeps me keeps me up at night it gets me out of bed in the morning and is pretty much all consuming so we make all of our own dehydrated food in anchorage alaska at our dedicated production facility we have a staff of about 12 people right now and we distribute to ish approximately a 200 retail doors across the country awesome and then we also have a direct consumer website so there's just a lot of juggling even within that of like distribution channels or wholesale versus retail versus direct consumer and like there's just there's so many nuances to building a business i think that's kind of one of the pieces that people have to be really aware of is like it's not 
necessarily simple, which is where your intense commitment to like actually doing the thing, no matter what comes up is so incredibly important. Are you where you thought you would be? So like, if you were to go back to 2014 and like this vision, this triple dog dare came in, you know, came about, like, did you see yourself in the hunting industry in the, I mean, like, is this where, and how has that changed and evolved over the last umpteen years? When I started, I knew, I definitely knew like Heather's Choice could really be something like just from my own gut instinct, like I knew it would be something. And then the feedback I got from people was always positive and people were just infinitely supportive. When I started Heather's Choice, I didn't even, like hunting wasn't even on my radar. Like it wasn't something that I did. It wasn't something that my family did. And like, it just wasn't in my reality. And some of my first customers were big game hunters in the Western states, mostly Alaskan folks to start. But immediately, Heather's Choice, for whatever reason, I still don't fully grasp it, but we were just adopted by people in the hunting industry, in the hunting world. And I think it's because we were one of the first brands to sort of get on the scene that were different than Mountain House, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I can think back to, you know, going to REI or Sportsman's or wherever and being like, there's Mountain House, there's Alpine Air, there's Backpackers Pantry and there's Mary Jane Organics. But like, that was kind of it. And now there's probably, I bet I could rattle off 25 different brands in my exact wor- line of work. So it's gotten a lot more popular and a lot more competitive, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, we've just continued to have really good rapport with people in this industry. What do you think have been the most pivotal choices or decisions that you've made that have led to that kind of reputation to be in this this community of people? I think one of the first things is I definitely did a lot of podcast interviews and like remember getting interviewed for the Journal of Mountain Hunting in the early days or taking a really big leap and going to an event like the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous because it was 2016 that, you know, I hadn't done any trade shows. Like, I didn't know what a trade show was, but for some reason, buddy of mine was like, you you have to go to this BHA Rendezvous. It's an awesome group of people. You're really going to like them. And I literally just, like, got on an airplane with a bunch of product and showed up and had my little folding table with like a banner that I duct taped to the front of the table that fell off like every hour. And I would tear open packages of packaroons to give to people because I didn't have any samples and I didn't have like a strategy to sample yeah. product. Yep. But everybody there was so warm and welcoming and excited. I think for me as a young female entrepreneur that was bootstrapping it and just kind of starting from square one. So I think that one, like getting getting the right exposure in the right places. So aligning ourselves with BHA or the Wild Sheep Foundation or whatever the case may be. And then additionally, I think really telling our business story and telling my founder story that people, they just emotionally attach to, right? They're like, oh, girl from small town Alaska, like building this business and she's doing it on her own. And like, wow, this is so cool. Like I want to support that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that, we forget is like how much people want us to succeed. People love a good success story. And so I think by telling that story as we've built the business and kind of bringing people into our world Mm -hmm. that has kept people really curious and kind of leaning in and wondering like, what's new, what's next, what's coming. 
So those are kind of two things I think have been critically important. So did you go to school for business? No. You went to school for? <laughs> Nutrition. Okay. Uh, no, no business background. I got my bachelor's degree in evolutionary nutrition, got my professional certification in eating psychology. And then honestly, out of, out of necessity in 2011, I had picked up and left Alaska, moved to Colorado to pursue my raft guiding career. (laughs) And I got to Colorado and I was making $6 an hour not making any tips, like working 12 hour days. And I hated it. I hated paddle guiding. Like everything about it was just not my jam. But I had recently joined a CrossFit gym and my CrossFit coach was like, well, if you've got a nutrition background, like you can train my athletes on nutrition. And that really catapulted my first business, Open Nutrition, where I got to work with CrossFit athletes all across the country, just helping them refine their diets and kind of get tuned into what worked best for them. But even that, starting a coaching, consulting, education business, I literally had people just coming out of the woodwork that would help me figure out like how to capture email addresses or send nurture sequences or how to process invoices. Like I, I learned all of that, again, kind of out of necessity and on the fly. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we live in, in just like a day and age where there's nothing you can't learn as long as you're willing to put in the hours and do the research and, and really like receive those things. Because I mean, whether it's um, apps like Skillshare where you can dive into people who really are just like putting what they know and their degrees out there for people to consume. Or, I mean, there's just so many different programs and um, access like with online that I feel like there's nothing we can't do or learn. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you have a passion to pursue it, you can make that happen, which I think is super freaking cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going through that steep learning curve right now where we're going through this whole packaging redesign. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's little tweaks I need to make to the packaging and like our designer's not available. Like, okay, I guess I'm going to learn how to use InDesign, which is like a highly technical piece of software. And to your point, putting in, I probably put in 50 hours over the last two and a half months on this packaging and now I'm proficient enough that I can scoot things around in InDesign and like that's now a skill that I have but again it came out of necessity it wasn't me being like okay my new year's resolution is to learn how to use InDesign because like otherwise you wouldn't do it unless you had to Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's so many times in business that you just have to figure it out and so then you rise to the occasion and you surprise yourself of like oh I am capable of that. To the other side of that too, though, there's this place where you have to realize if you're working on your business, you're not working in your business. Where have you found that balance to go, okay, there's times when I need to work in it, there's times I need to work on it. Like, how have you learned to navigate that area? It's been a struggle. So one of my first business mentors when I started Heather's Choice was very clear with me, you need to read the E-Myth. So if anybody hasn't read that book, like, it's fantastic. And the reason that book is so important is because it talks about either being a technician or a manager or an owner and Mm -hmm. just really kind of helping you see like, am I just a technician in my business or am I like just managing the operations and managing the problems and kind of responding? Or am I in really the owner role of like casting the vision and making sure all the systems work and being more in that place of working on it versus in it? And I feel like that was such an important lesson for me early on in Heather's Choice of like, it wasn't long before I wasn't making the food anymore. Like, 
within the first year of Heather's Choice, I had delegated and offloaded the production. Flash forward to like 2020, when one of the complaints that I had within Heather's Choice was like, nobody saw me, right? Like I didn't have an office on site. I didn't go to work every day. And so people would just wonder like, where's Heather? Like we work at Heather's Choice, but we never see her. And so I kind of had to catapult like back the other direction and actually make sure that the people who are working within the company do get FaceTime with me and they do see me doing some of the small, maybe menial tasks of taking out the recycle or sweeping the floors to kind of build rapport with them. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like it's more of a a 50-50 split where I try to make sure that I'm spending time in the business with my staff. And then there's also an infinite amount of time that I get to spend sort of taking a giant step back and looking at the whole thing and trying to see like, okay, is this going the way that I want it to go? Am I crystal clear on what I want to see happen? So that way I don't get pulled in too many different directions by either people internally at Heather's Choice or people's outside opinions. So that's something that I'm really like just diving deep into in my life. And then anybody who I feel like is in this kind of mentorship role, which I look to you as, um, like, how do you keep that balance in your own life where you're like recognizing the needs of your employees and your customers, but you're also trying to figure out where your hustle starts and stops. Like what is your personal and professional balance? How do you work that out? Ooh, uh, (laughs) hard question. It's a great question. I, as I said before, I'm so wholeheartedly committed to making Heather's choice work that for me, there isn't a whole lot of that boundary because I recognize how much personal growth I'm getting out of Heather's Choice. So even if I'm at home, like sitting down, working on my vision board, it's probably got Heather's Choice up there and like aspects of Heather's Choice. So like my personal vision includes the success of the business. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, like when I'm there, like it's this weird balance of like being able to be there, but be comfortable enough that it doesn't feel like, okay, now I'm in boss mode right? Like I can go to Heather's Choice and be Heather in tights, drinking my third coffee of the day, like scrambling around and being like, people just like get to see me as Heather, like whether I'm in boss mode or not. And so for me, there isn't kind of this hard and fast, like work life balance. It's so much more of just like this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm all about. And no matter what setting I'm in, I get to be all of me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Two questions that are going to play into each other. What have been the three most valuable lessons that you've learned as a business owner? And what was just the like cut and dry hardest lesson you've had to learn? Like what was the number one thing where you might've even felt like, Oh, I don't know. This is for me. Oh, God. I've had so many opportunities to quit. It's ridiculous. Uh, Three most important lessons. Definitely, I think the first one is really just related to to money and recognizing that my own relationship with money has an impact on how I manage the business finances. And as I've been growing Heather's Choice, like, it's infinitely more expensive. Every time I turn around, I'm buying like a larger piece of equipment or I'm ordering more packaging or I'm hiring more people or I'm having discussions around compensation. So I've had to get a lot of outside support on how to build 
budgets or performas or cash flows or financials, like that was a steep learning curve for me. But now it's a new language that I speak. And I, I really think I would have had a leg up in business had I had some sort of financial coaching or background to start because it's taken me now basically seven years to get to this point that I can do some financial modeling pretty proficiently and actually have a good grasp of like, this is how much money I'm planning on spending, here's why, and so this is how much money I need to go raise or borrow or whatever the case may be. So that that's definitely one. The second one is company culture is really hard. Mm, yeah. Company culture is infinitely hard to build. And especially for me as like a very competitive, independent, perfectionist person. Like, again, there were times where just nobody within Heather's Choice would even see me because I'm like, do, 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 like in my own little world, jamming on stuff, working on things. And people are like, where is this gal? So all of a sudden me having to step back into the business and realize like I set the tone for the company culture, like it felt really heavy for me at times. And so what worked for me was really finding the things that I'm passionate about and that I like to do that I could invite my staff into. Mm -hmm. So we started a book club that's been really profound and like kind of creating that company culture, inviting people to go on camping trips. Like we do our summer solstice trip every year. And that is such an amazing way for us to all get to know each other. And again, kind of build some rapport within mm -hmm. the company. So there's just been a few things like that, but still company culture was it's really critically important and it was really infinitely difficult for me to like get some momentum with it. And then I think the lesson that I'm learning right now is just how critically important branding is, right? Like we can be great at what we do, but if our brand doesn't speak for us and our brand doesn't like do a lot of the sales for us while we're not like in the business doing the thing, there's not really something for people to attach themselves to, right? Like if we think of the products, like we went to Boot Barn last night as like a fun little field trip here at Sheep Show. And there's certain brands like Pendleton that like, I just have a certain perception of Pendleton and what they stand for and the quality and like the craftsmanship that inside that entire store, I basically sought out one of the only Pendleton products and bought it for Brad yeah. because I have a perception of what that brand stands mm -hmm. for. So that's something I'm really focused on for this year is kind of like refining the Heather's Choice brand and really bringing it to life because I think what we have is good and I want it to be world-class and I want it to be one of those brands that people are like, whoa, this is awesome. It's something I can align myself to. Yeah. It like really speaks to who I am and what my lifestyle is. And like people wear it, eat it, use it, talk about it proudly. Mm -hmm. So I'm really focused on that. What has been the process of refining what your brand, your branding in general is? And then also how do you found your brand voice? Is that something that it just came out of your own personal, like that's the way you talk, speak, act? Or is that something that you kind of had to refine to be a little bit more of a, a target audience, if you will? We, as a company, did a business accelerator in Bend, Oregon in 2019. And both business accelerators I've done have been exceptionally helpful. Like I would recommend a business accelerator to just about anybody. And during that business accelerator, one of the first things we did was sit down and draft our, our what we do, why we do it, and like 
our brand values and just kind of the sort of the bones of the business. And that was a really intensive, probably four hour session that Brad and I sat in with two business mentors who really helped us kind of craft like why, why Heather's Choice and the why that we have now plastered all over the walls at Heather's Choice internally is our why is that at Heather's Choice, we believe that life is full of adventures. And like, that's the real true reason that we do this. It like the, what we do is make dehydrated food, but we're aligning with this bigger vision of like, it's just a freaking adventure. Like building this business is an adventure. Getting to come here and like podcast with you is an adventure. Getting to go raft the Grand Canyon is an adventure. So I think that taking that time and actually having the coaching once again of somebody helping us sort of refine like what are our brand values what do we really stand for that's been helpful communicating internally and then outside of Heather's Choice like the key talking points really do point back to those key brand values of quality transparency tenacity all of that and so right now the Heather's Choice brand really is a lot of my voice of like hey, this is Heather and like, I can't believe we're just taking over our third warehouse space and this is so humbling for me and like, gosh, I'm so grateful to everybody who supported us up to this point. Like, that's the brand voice that people are really familiar with. What I'm having a hard time with now is like taking my voice <laughs> and turning it into a branding guide and like handing it to somebody sure. else. Like, I haven't figured that one out yet, but that's, again, part of my refinement for this year is making the brand like clear enough that somebody else can actually implement it. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Now that, that, that to me, I think is really huge because, you know, whether it's a business that you want to create and then sell over time, or if it's a, a position where you want to bring more people in who just know more about what the overarching objective of the company is like, that's really important to have that foundation. It's also really hard to, and like that's a, you have to re refine that over time because it's not something where right out of the gate you go, this is what I want to do, how I want to do it, and this is a voice the company will have. I think those things get polished almost like, you know, rocks over time. They just ended up getting, you know, they, they do the wrong things. You, you might bump your head against a wall and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is the path we're going to take. Um, if you were to start over now, knowing what you do, the accelerations that you've done, um, even your own developmental stuff, what would you do different? Like, what are the most pivotal, like eye-opening things that you're like, oh, I would definitely redo these things and I would do them different this time? I think that I early on, like if I was starting, I wouldn't start <laughs> over again. Let's be, <laughs> it's been like, it's anybody who's been in business, you know, like if you knew how hard it was before you got started, you would never do it. Like that's just, that goes without saying so now it's almost like, gosh, what would I do differently? I probably would have raised more money earlier on, assuming that I had had a better grasp of like the financial side. Because one of the things that I feel like I made a mistake on within Heather's Choice is like waiting too long to raise the money that I needed and then being like kind of in panicky, scrambly mode of like, ah, I got to make this happen. And like just putting a lot of undue stress on myself sure. by not just like, being a little bit more honest of like, okay, everything that you, you think it's going to cost this much, double it. You think it's going to take this long, give yourself twice as long. Like I, I haven't done a good job of like giving myself buffers and 
instead I just put a ton of pressure on myself and everybody else to like get it done mm. now. And is that your character though? Yes. Like, are you better when you're held to the fire? Yes. That's definitely me, but like for my crew, yeah. Yeah, like not the best. No. So how do you then like, how do you differentiate that? So you might be somebody who's driven to kind of like last minute, like, oh, the deadline's approaching or the funds need to be there. So for you, that might be like, okay, now I'm in hustle. Now I'm in grind mode. I could make this happen. But then how do you separate that being like your personality and then incorporating again, a little bit of the, the company culture, but also the company dynamic where you're not working on what's best for you. You're working on what's best for your company and your team. Like, where does that fall into place? It's still a work in progress. I think that one thing that we've implemented that just immediately comes to mind that's helpful is we've gotten to the place now that we actually have quarterly business meetings with our entire staff and we give all of them the business budget so they get to see all the financials. They get to see that if we sell $10 worth of something, here's the $5 that go to ingredients and here's the $4 that go to overhead and here's the dollar at the end of the day. Like, I think that was infinitely helpful to be transparent enough to share those numbers with everybody so that they can see that their everyday actions have a direct impact on the business financially. And then with these quarterly meetings, we actually give everybody their own objectives. So we call them rocks. Setting those rocks internally has been infinitely helpful because each person can say like, okay, I need to come and do my daily stuff. Like I might be a production assistant and I need to come every day, clock in, make product. And then if there's extra time, I have like another project that I have the entire quarter to work on. Sure. And then each person, if you have somebody who's like, okay, I'm, you know, an obliger or an upholder, like I have a task and I'm going to do it now. You can kind of see those people on the team who are more like chomping at the bit and they want to do it now. Sure. Yeah. Where someone like myself, like I can let everybody know, like, these are the things that I'm working on, but it's realistically going to take me all quarter to like get them done. A, just from like juggling so many different things in the business at once, but also knowing myself, like, I do like kind of need that pressure and that deadline and sort of that like the time is now to get this done. And so I feel like by giving everybody their own personal projects to work on and then also giving them a, like a really clear chunk of time to work on them, it gives them the opportunity to learn to manage themselves in their mm -hmm. own time. Mm -hmm. Something I really uh, realized for myself, uh, you know, I've, I've, I built my business a long time ago, a couple decades ago, but I never really built it with the vision of having other employees until this last year when I hired a couple girls. And it was that moment that I realized like, this is totally different. Like working for yourself or being an entrepreneur, uh, having your own business is different when then you have to delegate and instruct. Like there's so much more organization. You have to appreciate that everybody is driven different. It really made me realize uh, I'm not very organized. Because when, as somebody who's doing all the things, whether it's design or copywriting or website or product development, like if it's on you, you can kind of ebb and flow as you want to. But when you have deadlines and other people involved, that's a game changer. It's really something I realized I'm not super great at yes, I can get better in time, but that's hard for me. That was totally. really hard having people 
where then I have to delegate those things. And you do have to be a little bit more uh, forward thinking and the end product and not like, okay, today I want to accomplish this. It's like, what do I want this whole entire project to end up like? And how do I convey what I need to somebody else? Right. That's tricky. I remember somebody asked us that early on in the business of like, what's your internal organization? And I was like, huh? You know, because at the time it was probably all on my laptop, probably not backed up. And I actually had somebody who helped me move those files like off of my laptop onto Google Drive. And then eventually we instituted everybody's on Gmail, everybody uses Google Calendar, everybody uses Slack. Like some of those internal organization pieces have been so important for us so that you have less of like sticky notes or, you know, mm -hmm. somebody says something to you or they call you or whatever, like it can kind of be cataloged and nice and tidy. Then especially as you're bringing on people, they need to know like, where do I find this? Where do I find that? And if it's the more tidy and organized it is, the easier it is for them to operate without you. And still like we are like completely refining that within Heather's Choice right now, even just with our raw materials and our finished goods, like, we're probably gonna spend six months of this year with a couple of our team members creating a new inventory management system. And that is not anything I ever <laughs> thought I was gonna have to do. But you know, it makes a huge difference because you want people to be able to just crank and operate without constantly having to come to you and be like, where do I find this? And yeah. what about this? And how do we do this? And what do I say to this person? So it is a lot of creating clear boundaries for people and clear expectations, like that has been a whole nother ball of wax of, at least for me, again, being fairly hands off and fairly like, I trust you to get it done. Like I can just sort of back off and like, let you, you know, trip over things where now I'm trying to be so much more clear with people of like, nope, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And dealing with the discomfort of telling somebody like that wasn't good enough. Yeah. That's <laughs> hard. Well, I think having those kind of organizational structures help with the efficiency, but two overall, when you build a business and maybe not the beginning of everybody's business, they think about the scalability or how that business will operate without them. But ultimately, I think a business goal is that you're making money and your business is thriving even when Heather is not present. Right. So it really helps them have the keys to the car as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about that even now, like I've had a coaching business in the past. It's been awesome. And like, if that's what you want to do, like, that's great. If you want to work with people one-on-one -on -one and build a business that, that way, absolutely. Like all day long, that can be infinitely satisfying and it can, you could do it for a lifetime. Like we know people who have been coaches or practitioners or whatever the case may be. And they do a lot of that one-on-one -on -one work. But I think you and I both have experienced like, whoa, at some point, like I don't have 50 hours a week to give to other people. Like now, how do I replicate whatever it is that I'm trying to offer so that like it can scale or it can operate without me. And that takes so much more time working on the business and like really the business model. And yeah, it's a steep learning curve, but I'm so grateful for where I'm at right now with Heather's Choice. The fact that like, I don't make the product. And for some people it's like, oh, that's crazy. Like how come you aren't in there chopping onions and doing all the things? And it's like, cause I got other stuff to do to make sure that the lights stay on and that the bills get paid. And that's really kind of my role in the business is so much more 
just keeping everything operating smoothly and making sure everybody knows where the hell we're going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do you convey that? How do you convey your over, you know, whether it's a, a, a year goal for, or this quarter or this decade, like what do you do? Is it meetings? Is it quarterly meetings? Like how do you show up to let them know what you're trying to do so that they can kind of see, okay, if Heather's not here presently, like this is what she's working on, or this is where we're all accumulatively trying to get to. Yeah. Our quarterly meetings are infinitely helpful because we do tell everybody like, here are the sales channels that we're selling through. Here's the number of units we think we need everyone to produce. And again, with someone like Kristen, who's been with us for three years, she's in the warehouse and then working with customers. And she has that customer interaction every single day. So she needs to be able to know, like, where are we selling? When are we going to be back in stock? When is new product coming? So I think that those quarterly meetings really help. And then also I do spend right now, like, a pretty significant amount of time just, like, casually talking with people in our company so that they feel like they can ask me, like, what's the plan for the REI distribution? Or, like, when are we shipping that next order? And because transparency is one of our brand values, I've decided for me, like, it is safe for me within my company to share everything with my staff. And again, that makes it, makes it to where I don't feel like I have to have that, like, boss Heather versus just Heather Heather dynamic. It's just, this is me. This is me all the time. And if you want to know something, you can ask me. Has that taken some time to get to the place where you feel good about having that transparency? Like, did you ever feel like you were in this protective space where, I mean, putting a vulnerability, putting a goal out there is, is a ultimate, like that, that's huge. That's very vulnerable to do that because what if I fail? What if I fall short? So has that been seamless for you or has that been hard to do over time? And if so, how has that process been? It was probably the spring of 20, was it 2020? I don't know if you're like me, the (laughs) last two years have just (laughs) bled together. together. But I think it was 2020 that I really hit a point of like, I feel powerless in my business. You know, like I had hired some pretty high level people. Like I was pretty disconnected from what was happening in operations every day. Like I just felt like, like I didn't have a good grasp on like where my role was in the company. And so I actually went out and hired a business coach and worked with them for a year to kind of help me develop a sense of personal power and a sense of like, okay, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Like, this is how I want to show up in my business. And to have that be consistent, again, throughout the entirety of my day. And so getting outside support, actually from another woman, I had two female coaches and it was so helpful to be able to come to them and be like, gosh, I don't know how to deal with this. And the the coaching I got wasn't really like tactical, you know, spend this, do this, like, implement this system. It was so much more focused on like, okay, Heather, like how much clarity do you have in your vision of what you want to see happen? And how, like, how can you get closer to your edge of comfortability and like have those discussions with people of like, that doesn't work for me. I know you're saying that like, you want to do this, but like, I'm sorry sorry, not sorry. Like that doesn't work. We're not going to do it. And it would be something simple. Like, I think we should discontinue this meal for the time being because we're already maxed out on production. And this meal is so laborious to make. Like if we cut it, we can make more of XYZ products. And then me as the CEO having to be like, 
I understand. The argument is very good. I see the rationale and the answer is still no. And the why, the why is because I said so. You know, like not having to feel like I have to personally defend every single decision because there are so many decisions that I make in business that are like guttural, right? Like it doesn't feel right or this does feel good. This feels inspired. We're going to go this way and it won't always make sense to everybody else. So it feels like it's been, you know, kind of an evolution for me, especially over the last two years. And even within my relationship with Brad, like that's why I say it all bleeds together. My ability to say to Brad, like, I really want to do this. And this doesn't make sense to you. Like me going and rafting the Grand Canyon without you, like this doesn't make sense to you. It's upsetting to you, all of that. But like, it means the world to me. And I'm willing to sacrifice you being upset with me in order to make this happen for me. And so that ability to have conversations like that in my primary relationship then allows me to inside my business say, I'm sorry, like that doesn't work. We're not going to go that way. I know you disagree and it's okay for you to disagree Mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. But ultimately it's still my business and I still get the final say. So hard. (laughs) Right. So I'm sitting here. Like it tends to that make you. My stomach's turning. I'm like, oh (laughs) yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's hard stuff. Because you are, you're standing up for what you know you need or what you know your business needs that is not necessarily well received by everybody else or even like they can't see that vision. They can't see that long-term plan and making like being the, the, the final, like I am the verdict maker. I am the decision here. So that's a hard space to be. And I think that, you know, probably you have to have a really, uh, good relationship with that internal dialogue that you have with yourself. Because if you're somebody who then you make that decision, but then you default to guilt or then you default to second guessing yourself like that, there's so much turmoil that can happen within that self relationship that then, I mean, so, so many other things are just like, I just, I'm like in my mind, all I can see is the the pot boiling here. You know what I mean? Like at some point it just boils over. How have you used um, the, this similar situation where you're making a decision that maybe not everybody else sees or aligns with, but you know is right for you. How do you approach that with somebody? Communication's obviously key. Do you try to help them see the big picture? Do you just listen? Like, what is your approach to somebody else going like, oh, I'm not seeing it, Heather. I, I probably <laughs> do a better job with this with people other than Brad. Like, Brad works with me within the business and him and I disagree on stuff all the time. And previous to doing a lot of this personal work, I would just clam up and cry. And like, (laughs) there would be like, you know, he would like disagree with me on something. And again, my like default mechanism was just like, get quiet, cry, like retract. Second guess yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Where now it's like, okay, like how firm am I like in this decision? And like, sure, I can be willing to sit and to listen and to see the other side and to still, despite weighing all the options, you know, to be able to say, I talked to my business mentors about this. Like I thought about this long and hard and I still feel really strongly that this is the way to go. And once again, just being comfortable with people disagreeing with you and people getting upset. That's hard. Oh God. And I just feel like that's going to become so much more prevalent as more people get involved in the business. And as you get more employees and all of that, there's just inevitably going to be 
you know, times when you disagree. And I think the other piece, though, that's been so important, even in this past week, like I have an employee who's really learning marketing right now. And I keep like saying like, oh, here, let me hop in and make that post or let me hop in and like write that newsletter because I want to have that personal touch within our marketing. And I just got kind of the feeling like, oh, I don't think she's very happy with me that I keep like kind of interjecting sure. myself into the job that I like have put her in. And so realizing like energetically, I'm, I'm like holding my shoulders in front of me. I'm like kind of quiet, like sort of tiptoeing around the office and being like, okay, it is my job to march my ass into her office and say, hey, I just want to tell you, I'm really sorry. I feel like I have been getting in your way and causing some confusion. And like, I hope, you know, I'm really sorry. And like, I want to like make it right. And then for her to be like, oh, everything's just fine. Like it just makes you realize how much time we spend building stories about how other people feel. Yes. Right. Yes. And so in a matter of five minutes, like my energy was totally different because I was no longer carrying around this like tiptoey, weird, icky energy. So I think that might be the skill that I've been developing over the last couple of years is witnessing that discomfort, addressing it faster and ideally just like moving through discomfort faster and just clearing the air and being like, okay, here we go. Yep. And yep, I'm willing to sit with the discomfort that like we didn't come to a resolution on that, but like we still have a path Mm -hmm. forward and it's okay for somebody to be upset. And if I've done something wrong, being really quick to admit, like, I screwed that up. I'm really sorry. How can we resolve it? For sure. Oh, that's so, that's so good. It's so big. Like you can sit there and percolate. I mean, indefinitely on how do they take that? What, what did, you know, they reacted a certain way. What did that reaction mean? And I do that all the time. I'm the first one to say, I don't necessarily read things right all the time because I read it in the way that I'm, I'm, I'm receiving that, which has a bias. It has my past experiences, my past, you know, miscommunications. It has all those things. So I think that's really important to remember, like, instead of just sitting there and overthinking things, because that's ultimately what it is, you're just, you know, ruminating on those things. You just go, okay, where are we at? Yeah. Or how was that? Or I'm sorry, or let's get back on the same page. That is, I mean, quite oftenly, I, I feel like that's over, overlooked that we just go, all right, where are we at? Yeah. You know, and just clear the air. And again, like the fourth quarter of 21, like, I don't think anybody on my staff was super happy with me because we implemented so many changes and there was so much stuff going on. But again, having like the humility to sit down in front of everybody and like, I want to make an apology. I'm really sorry to all of you that all of this stuff is happening at once. I understand that like everybody is frustrated and like kind of spread thin. And I really appreciate all the effort that you guys have put in. Like, we're going to stop work December 23rd and we'll see you in the new year. Like just really working to do right by people. But once again, like you can do nice things for people and like really work to mend the relationship, but you don't get to choose how they respond. Yep. So like an employee that if I give them a week of paid time off, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to come back like happy and joyful and excited. Like, I don't get to control how they respond to what I'm doing, but I know like this is the best that I can do. And this is an integrity for me. Yeah. So I feel like that, that personal integrity is so 
critically important as we build businesses. So you can say like, okay, it's, it, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. This is crystal clear for me. This is the like go forward plan and you don't have to agree with it, but like I'm in integrity with this decision and sure. it's cr- truly my decision. It's not coming from a place of outside pressure. Yeah. I love that. That's good. I mean, whether it's business or personal, I think those attributes, those characteristics, those mindset shifts for people can make a world of difference, you know? And it's not, it's not sexy. It's not glamorous work to be like, oh, here's how I respond to, you know, any sort of conflict. Like, oh, I shut down and I cry. Like that's not, not awesome, but you get that awareness of yourself. And then you have the opportunity to say like, okay, do I want to keep repeating this yeah. or do I want to write a new story and yeah. respond differently? Well, we don't grow when we're comfortable. No. As you know, you know, it's it's in those times where you're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I should keep going. That that's when you get to like really break down all of those barriers, break down whatever, I mean, maybe it's from the way you were raised around money or the way way you were raised around communication, you know, and those things over time just are so ingrained in us that you know, as we get older and, you know, try to interlace our lives and our professions and our relationships with other people, you have to go like, oh, this, there's going to be clashes here. How do I own what I'm doing? Because I can't control what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's, yeah. That's how you sleep at night though. I know. Yeah. And I'm, that's where I'm grateful for it. Like I'm grateful that Heather's Choice is where it is now. Like it's evolved and changed and continued to grow and like it just presents me with so many more opportunities to personally change, evolve, grow, get better. And I think that that's, again, what people ultimately want is they want constant improvement. They want challenges. Even if we, we don't, I don't think that everybody necessarily realizes that, like how critical the process of overcoming a challenge is to our ultimate satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that business will always, always, always present you with your, your weaknesses. Like you and I had that conversation earlier on this weekend about pricing and how challenging it is to be like, Ooh, okay. I know I'm worth more. Like this is uncomfortable because of whatever stories I have about people not having enough money and they can't afford it. And da, 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 da. Like, that's you projecting onto other people what you think is right for them mm-hmm. versus coming back to yourself of like, this is the cost or this is the price. And this is like, this is what I want to charge. And this is why for me. And now I have to stand behind that decision. Yep. And that, that takes a shit ton of time working on yourself, working on, on your business. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. 2022, my word is growth. And, and, you know, it's, it's cute when you can put a word out there or whatever, but, you know, and I've done that in the years past where I'm like, oh, my word is this or that, the other thing. And then it just becomes this thing that at the end of the year, you're like, oh yeah, that was great. That was my word. I didn't do shit to get there (laughs) this year. uh, So last year, my word was nourish. And I really truly amongst all the crazy things of 2021 really did nourish myself spiritually, professionally, um, within my relationships, within, you know, my family. And this year, I, it's almost like my word hasn't become a new word. It's just like integrated into a new facet of nourishing. Now I'm in growth. So my word for 2022 is growth. And I feel like, 
you know, it's going to be me challenge, challenging myself a lot to go, was that the best version of myself? Was that the best response? Was that how I really feel or was that my knee-jerk reaction? Um, and I think across the board, it's really helped me just kind of raise the bar for myself because it's easy to get comfortable, especially in these last couple of years where that looks like working from home or that looks like pajamas most days of the week. You know what I mean? Like comfort <laughs> has been easy. Now it's time to get gritty and do the growth stuff. Well, and you keyed in on something that I don't feel like it's talked about enough. And I touched on this a little bit on the nutrition seminar yesterday of like newsflash, everybody, like men and women are different like whether it's our food or it's our exercise or it's business. And I feel like I see that a lot of sort of this, I don't know, like race or this competition between men and women of like women working so hard to operate in business in a man's world sure. and like doing business in this really masculine fashion of like it being all numbers driven or it being like year over year growth or whatever it mm -hmm. is. And you and I both know like, we as women are not linear. Like week to week, we're different. <laughs> month to month, we're different. Our priorities shift, our, our time and our life. And I've had this conversation before with other women where in your 20s, like you can hustle and grind and do all the things and like just crank. And then you hit your 30s and it's like, whoa, my priorities have changed. Like I'm different. And so because I'm different and my life priorities have changed, my business ideally should evolve yeah. with me. Yeah. And I don't feel like right now what I witness, I don't feel like women give themselves enough permission to kind of be in more of that feminine flow with their business and to have times of the year or whole years where to your point, you're like, you know what? This year is about like building foundation for me me personally. Yeah. And like to hell with like year over year growth numbers or more clients or whatever. Like that's not where my head's at right now. And then you're going to have years where you're like, okay, here we go. Like I am all in on this and like, let's freaking go. But being able to have that sense of ebb and flow within your business, I just feel like gives you more longevity Yeah, versus just pushing, 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 and then wondering why you get burnout, you don't feel good, you don't really have any enthusiasm for it anymore, and it's just like, forget it, I'm going to quit, because like, I'm not in alignment with like where I'm at in so, my life. So good. <sighs> so freaking good. We could freaking, we could roll into that in itself for, until I leave. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because I... <laughs> I got to take a deep breath on that one. Honestly, that for me is really big. And it's something where I've actually like held on to a lot of uh, like personal guilt, I would say, and saying like, does this mean because today in this year, I feel different with my trajectory? Do I not know who I am or where I'm going? It's not even that. It's just we are evolving constantly in who we are, in our personal identities, but also things just change and grow as relationships do, as businesses grow over time, you know, as we age and mature, that's not something to feel guilty about. That no. is, that is that not the point? I mean, is it not? So yeah, it's hard to grasp that sometimes though. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like Daniel Laporte is one resource that talks about that often of setting more of those goals that are associated with how you want to feel like whether it's with your exercise or with your business or your relationship, like how do I want to feel inside of this? 
And if I reflect on Heather's choice, it's like, gosh, I want to feel abundant. I want to feel like I have freedom. I want to feel like I'm leaning in and there's some excitement there. I don't want it to just be cruise mode. I don't just want to lean back and be like, well, everything's easy and then get bored and like go looking for something else to do. Next bright and shiny. Right. And so I feel like that can be infinitely helpful for people is to really check in with like, okay, what is the feeling that I'm trying to elicit right now in my business and use that as sort of a, a North star because we don't control other people and we don't control outcomes, Mm -hmm. but like we do control our experience every single day. Well, and a lot of times, if you think about it, when we're goal setting in this, in this very like overarching world of, of setting these benchmarks, you know, we're very goal oriented as a society. We think about what we want to achieve, not what we want to be or how we want to feel like you were just saying. And I think that's really important because if you start to set the more foundational pieces how do I want to feel? What is my family dynamic going to look like? Where, you know, where do I want to rest and relax? Where do I want to grow? Like if once you set those things, you can almost then set the next benchmarks for yourself and where you want to achieve and accelerate to go. Totally, totally, totally. And there's one piece that I, I really want people to try on for size that was helpful in my, my personal growth. And I've alluded to this already, but my coaches, when I was first working with them, they talked about how you can take you know, kind of your pie graph, you know, your circle. And you and I could, you know, kind of create the sliver, like I dedicate this much time to personal wellness and I dedicate this much time to my family and I dedicate this much time to my business. And, you know, you've kind of got these little dividers. And again, this is like a fairly masculine thing to do to like create these hard and fast boundaries around like work-life balance. And I work from this hour to this hour and then like da-da-da. It's really structured. Yeah. And one of the big things that, you know, my coaches had me do was go in and like actually erase all of those little divider lines and to realize that everything I do from the books that I read to the Oracle cards that I pull to the food that I eat, the exercise, the work, like it is all contributing to the whole, which is me. Mm. And if I'm contributing to my personal wellness or my personal growth, that has a direct impact on my business. Like I've just illustrated the billion ways that my investment in me personally has directly impacted how I interact with customers, employees, investors, like all of it. And I think that that, especially as women, like we forget that all those things we do for ourselves of nourishing ourselves, moving our body, reading books, like it does have a direct positive impact on our business. And we can get so caught up in like thinking that, you know, we need to feel guilty for taking yeah. that time. And it's like, gosh, you're not worth a damn to anybody if you don't like take care of yourself. For sure. For sure. No. And I, I brush up against that a lot and I'm trying to tame that voice that says, oh, you don't have time for you. Cause we all know that's a lie. Right. You know, if you don't have time for us, we don't have time for anybody else. For sure. Yep. Well, thank you so much. We could continue to talk about this indefinitely and we'll have to have you back on because there's lots of rabbit holes that we can go down. But thank you so much. If we're walking away from this entire thing and you want people to know one thing about Heather's Choice, what is it? Uh, 2022 is going to be an amazing year for us. We worked super hard refining the adventure menu. We have our largest staff ever. We have the biggest space that we've ever had. We have the best retail partners. Like there's so many things that we have just been tweaking and fine tuning. And I feel like a lot of it is really gonna kind of come to fruition in 22. And I can't 
wait to oh, awesome. share it with everybody. <laughs> well, we'll cheers to that for sure. Thanks again for Thank coming you. on. Where can people find you online? They can find Heather's Choice at heatherschoice.com. We're on Instagram at Heather's Choice. And then my personal Instagram account is Heather Teresa Kelly. And really on that personal account, I try to share some of the behind the scenes and some of this dirty work <laughs> that yeah. goes into building a business. Perfect. Well, I'm sure people will want to reach out for sure. And we'll connect again soon. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.